0: to you. Peace be with you. I have some announcements to make uh, and I'm going to point you to the bulletin and the sheet in here. The most pressing one uh, that I don't want to have you show up unless it's a complete go and that is the Bonner Singers that you see is the third one down for Saturday, October 19th at 630. At this point, what we call that at our house, the Whitney household, it is a definite maybe. Okay, so the question is, well, what's going on? Well, they're a large group, and they need time to set up, and um, so we were going to have it on a Sunday, and we're moving things around just in order to facilitate it for them. It's, it's hard. It's kind of like hurting kittens, isn't it, a little bit? So this is on it and doing the best that she can. So we're shooting for that. And it, To 5 o'clock? Okay. So we'll, here's the thing, it's fluid. It is in October on the 19th. We've got a few weeks to go. Um, but if you're, you know, carving it in, in granite, then I would hold off on that one, otherwise use a pencil uh, and be prepared to move it. I don't need to be flippant, but I would hate to have you show up here and it did not be at that time, it's, you know, it didn't, and the reason why is it's not easy to get. There's like over 60 people in it, right? So, <laughs> and I have a hard time with two kids, so that's, that's where we're at. So it, it will be a wonderful, wonderful celebration uh, when it happens, so uh, hang on to that. The Harvest Festival on October 31st will be here. Uh, it's Halloween. Uh, it's also Reformation Day, and it's at 5 p.m. We're right outside there. We will be cooking hot dogs and so forth in our Sister Church Victory Outreach. We'll uh, be having candy for the kids. We're gonna probably be collecting candy or donations for candy in the future. We'll let you know about that. It's a nice time. So come, um, you know, five o'clock it's the light out. So, you know, come get a hot dog, see some of the little ones that are cruising around in their costumes. That's always fun. And then you can go home before it gets dark and you know, you know, the kids are out there doing their really mischief, right? So that'll be a nice time. The ladies' Bible study is, as always, on Wednesdays and they're uh, in the book of Genesis. Genesis, so I invite you to come to that, and uh, as always, the church hours are Monday through Thursday, 9 to 2 p.m. I am here, um, unless I'm not, but generally uh, from Tuesday through Thursday, uh, from uh, 10 to 2, and during the school year, you'll probably find me here at about 8:30 because I got to drop David off and with traffic today I just head over here. So just a word to the wise if you want to come in and visit, have coffee. I'm here about 8:30 o'clock, certainly by nine.
1: Okay? Yes.
0: No naughty. Okay, no naughty business today. That's for those of you that are new. That is our knitters. K-n-o-t-t-y naughty. So um, anyhow, so that's that's what's going on here. Did I leave anything else out? No? Okay. Our opening song, hymn this morning, rather, is Holy, Holy, Holy on page 165. of us stand and sing Is unto the Lord. of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord Amen Amen. If we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us but if we confess our sins God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and, and cleanse us, us from all unrighteousness. unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful Father. We confess, we confess that we are, that we are my nature sinful and unclean. and unclean. We have sinned against you
2: in thought word and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone
1: Gracious Lord, this is the feast of victory for our.
0: your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
3: Good morning. Good morning. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Amos, chapter 8, verses 4 through 7, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1429. Amos 8, 4 through (laughs)
2: 7.
3: Hear this, you who trample the needy, and do away with the poor of the land, saying, when will the new moon be over? that we may sell grain, and the Sabbath be ended, that we may market wheat, skimping on the measure, boosting the price, and cheating with dishonest scales, buying the poor with silver, and the needy for a pair of sandals, selling even the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by himself the pride of Jacob. I will never forget anything they have done. We will read Psalm 113 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you servants. You, his servants, praise the name of the Lord.
2: Let the name of the Lord be praised, both now and forevermore.
3: From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised.
2: The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens.
3: Who is like the Lord our God? the one who sits enthroned on high.
2: Who stooped down to look on the heavens and the earth.
3: He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ashy.
2: He sets them with princes, with the princes of his people.
3: He settles a childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children Praise the Lord. The epistle is from the first book of Timothy, chapter 2, verses 1 through 15, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1846. forty-six. First Timothy 2, 1 through 15. I urge, then, first of all, that petitions prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved. And to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to all, to at a proper time, and for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling you the truth. I am not lying and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles, or gold, or pearls, or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess To worship God. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. Here ends our reading. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Thanks be to God.
1: The Holy
0: Gospel according to St. Luke from the 16th chapter gospel reading this morning is indeed from St. Luke chapter 16 verses 1 through 15 and can be found in your pew bible on page 1625. Luke 16, 1 through 15. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and he asked him, what is this that I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do? My master is taking away my job and I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. And he asked first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. And the manager told him, take the bill. Sit down quickly and make it 450. And then he asked the second, How much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. And he told him, Take your pill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little little, can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true righteousness? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. And you cannot serve both God and money. Now the Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. And he said to them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others. But God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, for as we know, nothing good comes from any other source. Circulating on the internet was a joke. Somewhat kind of, well, dark humor, but not something that I cannot tell and will not tell. Church. And it goes like this. It's uh, Well, it questions the person reading it with this question. What would you do? Imagine, if you will, you and your two sons are traveling on an unoccupied road, and there's nobody around, no cars, no buildings, no nothing for miles and miles. However, you happen upon a armored car. And the back doors are open. And there are bags of cash. And there's one bag that is well it's got money spilling out of it. Bills spilling out of it. It's a big bag. It's like a, it's the size of a sea bag. So the Marines in here and uh, my coastie here, you know, they all know what a sea bag is. It's big, a big duffel bag full of money, one spilling out, and there's 20 or more just like it in the back of this armored
4: car. Okay. Good. So,
0: this is a teachable moment. You're the man. You have your two sons. There's this seemingly (laughs) prosperity in front of you. There's bags of cash. There's no one around to see it. What do you tell your sons? Lift with your legs. I know, that's terrible. Forgive me, Father. So this morning, I'm going to tell you another couple of stories here um, about people that did the right thing when they had those kind of experiences. There's a boy named Hector Rodriguez. He was 15 years old, a high school student, and one day, Hector found a bag of money containing $120 on top of a vending machine, a Coke machine, and he took it to his teacher And the two of them went to the principal's office, and they reported the money. And when he was asked why he turned the money in instead of keeping it, the boy said that he was concerned that the employee who left the bag would get in trouble if he lost the money. I mean, that's beautiful. There's another gentleman um, named Eddie McLaughlin, and he apparently was walking home one evening when he found a bag on the sidewalk outside of a store. And he picked up the bag, and he looked inside, and he saw that it contained a large amount of money. And when Eddie got home, he told his wife about finding the bag of money, and together they counted it. And there was over $4,000 in the bag. And Eddie called the police and he told them about the money. Now the manager of the store had dropped the bag while he was closing up. And without a doubt, he was happy that it was Eddie who found the money and returned it. There's other stories that I could tell you, but you get the point. The question is, you know, why do people do what they do? And their answer is, it was the right thing to do. And when we hear stories like these, perhaps it makes us stop and say, what would I do? What would have I done if it had been that money? Would I had said, lift with the legs? No. Would I have turned it in? If it's an amount of money, does that make a difference? If it's 20 bucks, do you turn that in? What if you find the 20 bucks next to a teacher's desk, and the teacher's there? Does that make a difference? Should it? This is kind of a, the way that Sunday schools have been taught throughout the years, kind of a, an exercise in morality, and it really comes down to the interpretation of this particular parable that Jesus was telling in and it really comes down to like oh my gosh you know if I'm not uh, if I'm I'm unfaithful with big things then how am I going to be faithful with little or you know other way around Ken little things big things all that oh my gosh you know I it's the the moral thing to be and I got to tell you that's not what the story is about and that's not it's just not did you hear me that's not what the story is about this parable that Jesus is telling his disciples that the Pharisees and that we get to hear, to listen in on, is not a story about morals. It's not, listen to this, commending dishonesty either. Boy, we sometimes focus in on that manager and, and, the, and the Lord commended him for a shrewdness. I mean, how do you reconcile that? That's what happens if we focus in on the bad guy. If we focus in on the manager. But what the story is really telling us, and the point of view that we need to focus on is, the story is about the Lord. The story is about the one who the manager works for. The story is really about Jesus. The one who shows mercy to the one who was given Much to manage. The operative word in that is given. It was given the one who was given, and he used his gift for himself. The manager used his position to enrich himself. And more than that, what he was given in charge of was administration. It didn't ever belong to him. Those weren't his bushels of grain. Those weren't his, that wasn't his olive oil. And he certainly wasn't to be taking advantage and enriching himself. And so we read further on that the Pharisees were miffed at Jesus over the story well, you know, after the last few weeks, what else is news? The Pharisees and the scribes are always upset with Jesus. Because through his parables and through what he's telling, they're going, that guy's talking about me. Well, I don't like it. In, verses, in Luke chapter 16, verse 14, we know that the Pharisees were lovers of money and they heard all these things and they ridiculed him. To which Jesus replies in verse 15 through 17. We actually only went through 15, but I'm going to add, let you hear the rest of this. Jesus said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Verse 16, the law and the prophets were until John, John the Baptist. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached. That's Jesus. And everyone forces his way into it. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. Pharisees, outwardly pious. Inwardly, as Christ described them, you are like whitewashed tombs. You're white on the outside. You're dead on the inside. The Pharisees were using money that was rightly God's to make themselves appear justified on the outside. The finery on their clothes, cruising around the town. Hmm. Above it all. Look at me. I'm quite pious, aren't I? They were fakes. They were hypocrites. They were like this manager who were in charge of administrating and they were ripping God off by not distributing the goods. What were the goods? They weren't distributing God's word that they were entrusted to. And We hear, but God knows the heart of everyone. The Pharisees were like the man scrambling to cover themselves with that which did not belong to them. They used means to gain favor from those who would not otherwise show them favor had they lost their position that was entrusted to them, just like the man. As long as they're in that position, they're looked at and esteemed. But if they lose that position, they are no longer esteemed. It's a position that they made themselves self-righteous in and we know that it cannot last just like that manager who was found lacking who was found ripping the lord off it wouldn't last and so he had to scramble to make sure that he was covered by those people and we know that that won't last what is the point in here we know that for those that are outside of christ It cannot last. For those that rely on their own means for justification, their own observance of the rules, I do this and I don't do that, 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 and I surely wouldn't do that, so therefore I'm a good person. That isn't how it works. Amen? So no, this is not a morality tale. It's a study in the nature of the Lord. The Lord, the Lord is the one that is worthy of our service. He is the source of all good gifts. He is the one who calls all to come. He is the one that made and gave the sacrifice, the sacrifice that all who believe shall be saved. Now here's another thing that the story isn't about. It's not about demonizing or discouraging wealth but it's really pointing towards how wealth is to be used. And it could be summed up in a little bit like this. The man who is or the woman who is wrapped up in themselves makes for a really small package. So what is stopping the Pharisees or the manager or even us from spending our gifts lavishly on others. Those things that we have been given administration over and spending them lavishly on others. What is keeping us from doing that? Well, it's the flesh. It's sin. And it's not a surprise to the Lord. So what does this look like today? What does it look like today, one who is Walking the walk. Let me share this from yesterday. Yesterday, there was a man that that I was introduced to, and his name is Oscar. And it was after Oscar had spent more than four hours on the roof of this sanctuary yesterday. It was hot yesterday, wasn't it? Four hours, he's up there. That's a white roof. It's a beautiful roof. It's a rubber roof that has a, you know scrim on the back I mean it's top-notch roof but it reflects light up it's hot this young man was there for as I said over four hours he's working on our air conditioning units feels pretty good in here this morning doesn't it not too bad what found out what we found out was that the original contractor who installed this and, and so on and so forth there's three units up there I think I've got this right and out of the three units on each of the unit, only one condenser was working. It was similar to trying to do your work with one hand tied behind your back. So from the very beginning that these things were installed, it has not been working properly. This young man was up there reconnecting all the three units. And he did some specialized work on a control panel in order for the third unit to, to operate. When I say specialized, you know, um, there's some high voltage stuff up there. And I can't really describe to you other than I have grabbed onto an outlet in the house wiring without turning stuff on and it was like this. Well, this stuff would do a lot more than that. This man knows what he's doing. This man's highly skilled. He's been given a gift. He knows what he's doing. He is trained. He is skilled. What do you think if somebody like that makes an hour? I don't know, 50 bucks? 80? 100? Guess what? He didn't take a thing. This man would not take payment for it. Four and a half hours. I didn't mention, or did I, he's a member of Victory Outreach, our sister church here. He said, I'm doing it, it's God's house. I'd say he's a good manager of the gifts God has given him. In fact, he's exemplary manager of the gifts God has given him. Now, we as a church will not let this go unpaid. And, and, uh, you know, the man would not personally take the money or a gift card. Here's what he said. He said he'd take a lunch, which I understand is he says, I want your fellowship. And so we prayed with him. And we could see that this man truly was trying to give the gifts that he'd been given away. His time and his talent. This isn't a morality story. This is about who much have been given, much is demanded. And it's about Oscar and you, all of you have given. But I wanted to share something, of what it looks like today, just yesterday, wow, good timing dad. And Oscar knows this, and you know this, that our reward awaits for us in heaven, despite of the sinful flesh that we walk around in now. Our reward awaits for us in heaven in spite of the works that we do, in spite of four and a half hours up on the roof. He's not getting into heaven because he did that. He's doing it because he gets to go to get in heaven. Because he's been given, he wants to be a hilarious giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Hilarious. And the guy was laughing. And it was like, I was standing pretty close to him, and I wasn't really all that intimidating, although I am to, like, little children. But I come up to him, I go, come on, man, you've got to let us pay. Oh, I can't, pastor. I can't. And Susan tried to get him. No, I can't. (laughs) Daryl tried. Ken tried. You know, it's just the guy wouldn't take it. Man. Man, oh man, what a model of gratitude that he showed us, the desire to give away. Now, you know this. Let me wrap this up. But that God has given the same gifts to you and me and many more. Everything that we have has been given to us. And Luther says this, the greatest treasure that the church has been given is the gospel. That is, Christ and him crucified. And that it's greater than all the gold or treasure in the world. The gospel has been given to us. We have been given this. And we are to spend this gift lavishly on others, sharing the word, making disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, being generous with our gifts. The gift of the gospel is certainly not a one and done. We know that, right? That it's living and giving. The word and the sacrament are not static. Those are gifts. And they're not something that is just sitting here to be dusted off once a week. It's something to be shared. Something to be celebrated. It's something to be inviting other people to participate in. We need to give it away. And today as you come up and receive the body, And the blood, you received another gift, a gift of life from the one who died. You received mercy and grace from the one that we all once hated before we were made new in our baptism. Today, you receive the gift of sonship, of daughter, of being daughter. You receive the gift of being adopted, claimed, loved, pursued, and made new. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let us confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles Creed. I believe in God Father.
4: Let us speak to our creator, and indeed the creator of the entire universe, one who is not bound by our physical laws or dimensions, nor space and time, and who already knows our thoughts, concerns, and requests, but who takes delight when we acknowledge his being and speak directly to him. Dear Lord, our almighty God, we gather today and praise your holy name. We thank and praise you for the gift of friendship, You have created us with a desire for companionship and surrounded us with others who seek the same. Your gift eases our sorrow in difficult times and brings us joy throughout our lives. Friendship is very special, Lord. Please help us to always treasure it. Thank you for this small congregation of believers and for our pastor who keeps our eyes on Jesus as our Savior. Please keep us together in faith well into our future. We also give thanks and praise for our sister congregation in Victory Outreach. Lord, we thank and praise you for your gift of reason and comprehension. It is only through these gifts that we begin to see your great works, see them with our eyes, our hearts, and our minds, and appreciate the majesty of your creation. Let us work to protect what you have created As the architect and master of our world, we pray that you would calm the natural forces that result in extreme weather that brings calamity and misery to millions of people, ones whom you love. The least among us suffer greatly, Lord, as you know. And if our human actions have led to these extreme and destructive weather systems, we pray that you would open our eyes to see where we have gone wrong and grant the wisdom to change. But if the Earth's changes are not of our doing, we ask you to grant us the wisdom to adapt to and withstand the natural forces of our world. Thank you for bringing us together as one in response to these disasters. We pray for the wisdom of the leaders of nations throughout the world, and especially for the United States. We pray for our president and other elected or appointed leaders. Please give them strength and wisdom and temper their reactions to the constant barrage of attacks they have endured for many years. We pray that you would act to open our citizens' eyes to the hatred, lies, hypocrisy, and duplicity of those casting the first stones in our political system. Please cause those whose actions and comments are rooted in evil to stumble upon their own words of deceit and humble them publicly. We pray for the wisdom and strength of your church, our Christian leaders, and our congregation. We pray for the ability and tenacity to carry out our mission to spread the good news of our salvation from sin through the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray for Christians everywhere, even in the United States, who are being persecuted daily by governments and judges, including our own. Your son, Jesus, warned us that this would occur, and it is. Please, Holy Spirit, provide us the resolve to not waver in our faith nor remain silent in the face of this hatred of you. We continue to pray for our nation's armed forces, that you would protect them throughout the world that seems constantly at war. We also pray for the safety of police officers Wherever they serve to protect us, these officers, like others charged with ensuring peace and order in our society, are under attack. As the integrity of our society collapses around us, our citizens seem to revel in the extremes of the sins we commit, instead of being embarrassed at our failures and repenting. We know of your response to Sodom and Gomorrah and pray that for the sake of your faithful, you would spare us from your wrath. We pray for your divine comfort for those who are hurting physically or mentally, for those who have lost friends or family, for those who feel lonely or in despair. And we pray for our children, Lord, that you would shield them from evil and protect them from harm. Please give parents the desire and wisdom to show their children the lies, deception, and harm They flood social media, violent video games, and other sources of corrupt entertainment. Help us save our youngest from the mistakes of our oldest. Thank you most especially, Father, for the gift of your Son, our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. And thank you for shining your light through the darkness yesterday. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: The peace of the Lord be with you all. Always. Let us share the peace. Will you please stand? Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our overcame death and the grave, and by His glorious resurrection, He opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise Your name and join their unending hymn This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God's table is for all who confess with their lips that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. If that's your confession, and I heard you, then come. The table is prepared. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward. So just prior to saying uh, the peace of the Lord be with you all, I took a look and I saw uh, Ken's beautiful cowboy boots and he's got some nice ones and it reminded me of my Texas family and I all of a sudden felt the come out, peace of the Lord be with all y'all. And I tried, I tried and oh, do we have a forgiving God and thank you for being a forgiving congregation. Now the benediction May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is Lord of hopefulness.